I can always turn to a book and some books I'll reread again and again and I learn that I'm going to be able to deal with whatever it is. I also find poetry in times like that really helpful. Someone's been through something, maybe a loss, maybe something, and then you've got their beautiful words to help you deal with your emotion at that time. Welcome back to The Mental Space. Now, today I am delighted to be joined by none other than Isabel Abuhul, OBE nonetheless, who is the CEO of the Emirates Literature Festival, which is launching today, Isabel, yes? It is. First day today, I've read one of the venues, the Mohammed bin Rashid Library, across the creek from the Intercontinental Hotel, Conference Centre, and so we can see both sides, and we've got authors here, authors there. So it is absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's an incredible space. I mean, this is a beautiful building to be launching in and to be associated with. Absolutely. So I'm very fortunate. I'm on the board of directors for the library and obviously the literary festival and the foundation. And I think it's that that coming together of cultural um, partnerships, which matters so much, you know, as we expand and grow, I'm talking here that the society in terms of culture in all these forms, um, the more that we hold hands, the more chance we have of helping everyone become part of that. I mean, you've obviously had a lifelong love of books and of reading and of writing. Um, from the mental space, I mean, we look at the increasing amount of anxiety and mental health issues in the world. In fact, there was a report yesterday um, from the McKinsey Health Institute that said in the GCC, they, they surveyed people in uh, the UAE, Saudi Arabia, Qatar and Kuwait. And two thirds of us are struggling with our mental health. One in three of us um, reporting issues with burnout. Um, and that's very similar to other previous research. At the same time, we're seeing an increasing amount of research about the benefits of reading, and particularly books, to our mental health. So I really wanted to get your thoughts about how mental health can be improved by reading. So you start back in childhood. So when a parent or a member of the family reads to a little baby, the baby is very soothed by the words, the voice, and also by touching the book and maybe the colours that, that, you know, that they're seeing and associating words with images. Now, that should be a part of every child's growing up, you know, break the being great to nighttime stories, because it's a very lovely way to sleep. Yeah. And you're gaining vocabulary. Now, another thing about reading, it gives you a better vocabulary. And one of the things we know about young people, teenagers, or, you know, even those starting school, if you can't express yourself, that is a very difficult place. You can't get in words around what you're feeling. Mm. When you can express it, you can share it with someone else. It's not having a temper tantrum. You can say, I'm scared, or I'm nervous, or I don't want to go to school because. But if you don't have that vocabulary, it is it is a trouble for you. So I have been passionate all my life about reading and particularly for young ones because we know it's much easier to make a reader for life when you start early. So the child who grows up in a home that have books that um is read to you on a daily basis, that is taken to the library, taken to a bookshop, given gifts of books, and um, and that you know, parents are reading. So it's that kind of environment when you grow up, that child has a head start when it uh, begins school. It will have a better vocabulary. 
it will have better mental health, more confidence. Now, confidence is very much tied to mental health. If you're a confident person, and you can deal with some of the knots and blows that are thrown to you, you know, but you think, well, I've managed before. Right. If you if you're not, it's harder. You also, when you read a lot and read to, you have more empathy. Empathy is being able to feel how someone else may feel. Yeah. That if it helps you, you recognize when people are struggling, but also you have a little bit of recognition of yourself and you think, you know, I need to take steps because I'm not myself. Um, and you can yeah. see that. Reading also, another thing about reading is you will recognize yourself in books. And so if you might be struggling, you might have trouble at work, you might have trouble in a, in a relationship, you might be suffering trouble you know, parents or children or whatever. And there are so many books out there where you will see fiction, you will feel so many things going on, and then it has a happy ending. So that also is saying, well, there is a way out of this, and I can find my way through it. It's funny you mentioned empathy because we, we are actually living in a changing dynamic in the corporate world in which, uh, you know, CEO used to be chief executive officer, and it's make that profit no matter what. But increasingly, that definition is cheap chief empathy officer um and that actually the skills that our leaders need today are, are are indeed linked to empathy and emotional intelligence um your thoughts around that that actually you know books and reading can help us develop skills that we're actually going to need in the workplace absolutely so you mentioned emotional intelligence so the wonderful book written by daniel goldman so again you know i read that book and i thought Actually, that makes such sense that we could be intelligent. If we're not emotionally intelligent, we're intelligent. We're not going to get on very well in life. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first time I, I sort of realized that people had different ways of them. Uh, you know, you would call people, you would say, oh, that's that person's a people person. Yeah. You know, because they had that emotionally intelligence to be empathetic, to understand other people, to listen um, and, you know, give time. And again, uh, another uh, wonderful uh, book was Old Tubers, written by Thomas Erickson. So one is surrounded by idiots. Idiot, yes. <laughs> Where's your red um, he's, he's a psychologist, but he's done a lot of work in organizations. Yeah. Teams. And, you know, it's such a funny book, but it's so, it's actually, you read it, and I was quite embarrassed because I recognized myself as one of the colors. I was thinking, that's what I do. To the team, well, you know, I'm surrounded by this, and then laughed and you know, it's quite taken aback. But it is this, um, it is a great thing. And then he's got, um, he's got another one with, I think he's called Working with Bad Bosses again. So he's looking at different ways of and, and helping us by understanding, we can then find a way of dealing with it. So I know what my drawbacks are. I mean, I've always known that, but actually, it sort of brought it more into focus and making myself realize. That everyone is different and you need to in a team different strengths yeah. so again, in the workplace it's really really important to let people speak their mind and i talk about 360 discussions so when you're having a, a sort of a, a review at work and uh, you know kpis it should be 360 if you because you can you know your team say actually that was terrible. You did so and so, and and you know, and not to get offended by it. So, open conversations are really important. So, when I grew up as a child, there was very much, and this is a long time ago, very much you had to respect your elders, and you weren't, you didn't speak unless you were spoken to. 
Yeah. And that was the, you know. Which is an ethos that remains in some boardrooms these days. However. And I was determined when I had children, I didn't want them to have that. I wanted them to be open and to be able to say, you know, you were awful or you shouldn't have said that. And and yes, okay, it might be upsetting, but it's better it's said than what used to happen, you know, um, when I was a child and as I grew up, because you can't change that relationship now. What you set as a child is how you be. And um, and the only thing I said was often in it. So I said, you can say anything, but never ever criticize what I put. <laughs> uh, so, you know, but uh, I said, because, you know, I buy food with love and that, that's something I just can't take. Just don't say anything. That's or anything. So- well, it is important to have boundaries. <laughs> I mean, but it's interesting that when you talk about, you know, having read Surrounded by Idiots, um, that that gave you a uh, an element of self-reflection about your own sort of behaviours. Yes. Um, and I, th- I know you've talked previously about books being mirrors for us. Yes. And that that, that book actually gave you the ability to, to perhaps stare into something that you've had a conversation with yourself. If somebody else had had that conversation with you, it might have been a bit more difficult. Exactly. So look, as a mirror is so important. Um, that you, you know, when I was growing up again, I go back to my childhood. Books were the most important thing, you know, in forming my character in so many ways. And I was a confident child. I read by the time I was three. I, you know, had no issue with failing. And that was all, I'm sure, a lot of it was because I had access to lots of books. So I loved The Secret Garden and it was a strong unlikable female heroine right at the beginning but over the course of the book she changes for the better and she becomes a heroine i absolutely loved heidi again these mm. books that i read that stay with me even to today that the, the, they were female they were young they you know they have difficulties you know and the the heroine in the garden was orphaned and she had to travel by sea to live with an author which she never met yeah she you know dark Yorkshire wars coming from India from the heat and the war and um, so you know they got through an awful lot and yet they managed they managed they they came out stronger and better and I think you know access to books like that for children and so if you only ever read about male heroines oh man yeah I said as a father of a seven-year-old girl I yeah yeah it's really really important and um, again, I think my parents um, were very um, accepting. They didn't set us goals, you know, you have to be a doctor, you have to be this. They just loved us for what we were. They did have strict things about manners, that, you know, all was bad. But that was the boundaries they put. But there were no boundaries about, you know, you can't do anything you want because you're a female. And again, I think that was important, that there shouldn't be this restriction on on, on whatever you do in life, you you should be able to aim for the stars in you know as a child, and no one should be able to tell me you can't do that. I mean, if I throw back to my childhood, um, I actually grew up with very low self esteem. I've had imposter syndrome all my life, and I'm beginning to ask those questions now and go on that journey. It's when you never believe that you are enough, and you never believe that you are good enough, particularly in a kind of professional setting. Um, when I was a kid, I was bullied at school, um, and my books were my escape um, and they really, really helped me. We've got children growing up in a very polarized world, very noisy world, can sometimes be a very toxic world, particularly with social media. 
how important is parents for parents to realize that these books can help children and support children by giving them you know another world in which to escape yes absolutely i think it's really really important and i think um choice of books is really important so you can't just buy three books and say you read those up to death you need to understand and i've got now uh, eight grandchildren and five children and you know each of them has a different taste in yeah. the kind of books that they enjoy the books that they gravitate towards and you've got to give them that choice so that means you know going to the library going to the bookshop and letting them have an opportunity to say yeah i like that book and often children and adults eat cheese books yeah and that's fine because they'll soon learn to, to develop a taste in the pound of books they like they'll soon less not just a have a look inside that's important parts of, of becoming um familiar with books now imagine you're a little child okay and you go out in the house without books no one's ever written because no one's ever um, you've been loved and cared for and well fed, but books are never part of your life. And you arrive at school at four or five, you never see the book, you don't have a lot of vocabulary there just because you've not had access, you might not know elephants and dinosaurs and the names that, you know, umpteen dinosaurs as, as children do nowadays. Um, and then you're given more, you know, you start with a book and then things like that. And it's learning to read is boring. I mean, I'm saying it's boring. It's 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 a chore. It's not enjoyable. You've got to decipher these black marks on a page and then put them together and work out what the word is. I mean, you're not reading a story. It's not enjoyable. And um, and yes, they have readers and things like that. But those children who start with that enormous advantage of having the involved with books from the very earliest day have a huge, you know, a huge advantage. So they also find you know it tedious learning to read if they've not already done so and and but they have an incentive to get beyond that because they know it's good yeah yeah um if we stay with the parents and with the adults for a moment um again the benefits as an adult of reading particularly in this fast-paced always on digital world that we now live in um what's your experience of what books can do for our mental health right so help you relax they help you escape and we all need to escape we all need to escape to a desert island you know desert island this yeah um and i turn to books uh for escape a lot of the time i turn to books when i'm fascinated by so fiction is where i go for escape generally uh, but i love non-fiction the kind of books that are um, helping me understand something better so you know wellness sort of all sorts of wellness why um you know i i look at some psychology of children and things like that how can we handle not you know children who are nervous who, who have anxieties who have phobias who, you know uh, for whatever reason and and there are books that can help you as a parent but also there are books for children as well on all sorts of issues that it certainly wasn't before so yeah see bullying on all these things and it does help children when you read those because they're very subtle they're not sort of um in your face kind of books they're really really subtle and i think children then can sort of really take take time to think about it and, and understand that there are ways of coping with it and it's really important i also think discussing books at home and discussing um 
books that you know you might be sharing a chapter book with, with one of your children and then some certain you know what did you think about that character or if they're into the harry potter series um, just finish them yes <laughs> uh, it's also to see that to, to read the books long before you see the film yeah um, if it's possible i mean it was for two of my children they were at the beginning very beginning of the harry potter era and it was just amazing the excitement uh, and, and the fact that they just couldn't stop reading it yeah. it's just lovely to see as adults when we read um a book it could be 400 it could be 800 pages long it's a very different experience for our brain than it is on the time that we waste on social media you know and i i then i'm not really overly into social media but Instagram is quite interesting. I like, look, I had different types of music, you know, from Africa to India. And if you watch one, then you suddenly get a whole slurry of other ones. And then half an hour later, all you've got is slip through this thing. And time gone. And with books, it's, it's a slur process. The way that we take a book in, but it's a physical book, it's very different to reading on the screen. Yes. Yeah. You know, I've got a Kindle, I like it. But I wouldn't, it wouldn't be for a book that I'd really want to read seriously. So I think it's, um, as human beings, I'm sure we're going to adapt to the digital age. I really worry about children and the addictive nature uh-huh. and of the indulgence that the yeah. quick fix, as it were, from um, uh, social media, that it is really setting them up that they then do have withdrawal symptoms. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you kind of said something this morning, um, which really gelled with me. And look, we've got the Emirates Literature Festival. We've got uh, so many different voices, so many different thinkers, so many different thoughts in English and in Arabic. And if we stay with social media, all we ever get fed these days are the things that we think we know. So we're spoon fed more of what we think. Our thoughts are never challenged. Uh, we are just given more of what we think we know. So in with with this digital age, with this polarization, with these filter bubbles where we never get exposed to new ideas, how important is it for us to have things like the Emirates Lister Festival where you're exposed to new ideas? And as you say, when you, when you read a book, you're almost, you're on that path of, with that thinker. So you are going to get challenged, which actually we, we need a bit more of really. What I've always said about the uh, festival is it is a safe place where you can agree to disagree and respect. That's the whole point. You know, that you come in and, uh, you know, the author might be saying this and et cetera, and then someone in the audience might say, why did it end like that? And uh, the author might give an answer, you know, why it was ended. And you might disagree with it. That's fine. Put your hand up and say, no, 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 it's perfect. I've really liked the ending. Or whatever you Yeah. The conversations I have heard and the disagreements that I have heard have sometimes been the highlight for me of of of, of the session because and um, it shows you a different sort of um, viewpoint and we need to have different we need to have to be challenged yeah because you know when I was at school yes you would have to, you know, one one of you would have to argue for, one of you would argue against, and the next week it's what. So you've got to be able to formulate your ideas in a cohesive way, and we can't attack someone. It's never about the person. It's about what they're saying. It's an opinion that you have and that they have. 
and it is really important skill as well. Reading helps you develop those skills and it also gives you the vocabulary and the whether you're writing it, whether you're making notes, you know, and, and so on. And exams, passing exams is important. If you are not a reader, you struggle more. And it's, you know, why? Why when you could actually not struggle? Why put yourself in a thing, you know, that you, um, I never had a, a single worry about exams. It didn't mean I did well anymore. So I just thought I'd give it my best shot. Have there been challenging times in your life where books have personally helped you get through it? Yes, absolutely. And I turn to times like that, I turn to um, uh, poetry. I've been, I've had yeah. lots of personal tragedies. I've had lots of challenges across my life. But I thank God that my late beloved parents gave me such a, such a sort of a, a strength in, in the way that um, books are such an important part of my life. So I can always turn to a book, and some books I'll reread again and again, and I learn that I'm going to be able to deal with whatever it is. I also find poetry in times like that really helpful, but um, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be something where someone's been through something, maybe a loss, maybe something, and then you've got... You've got their beautiful words to help you deal with your emotion at that time. I'm going to ask you the question that I bet you're going to get asked about a thousand times this uh, this coming week and this coming month. What are you reading right now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm reading Age of Crying, Professor Ruth Kenny, because um, uh, she's a gerontologist. Yeah. Her 40 years of research, she's got this wonderful book called Age of um, that shows that probably 65% of aging is in our own hands. Yeah. But we can live better, yep. longer in sound body and mind if we adopt habits. Just like not, you know, making you better. There are certain things that those habits actually can help. And laughter is something that I think is so underrated um, that we all need to laugh Absolutely. That feels like a mic drop moment. So Isabel Abadul, CEO of the Emirates Literature Festival, thank you so much for joining us on The Mental Space today. It's been a pleasure talking. Thank you.